podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The best, the number one, greatest innovation the game has brought in, 40-20. It's the, the 40-20. Phil's gone. He's gone. 40-20 Christmas podcast. <laughs> Phil's got a jumper on and we've got a mince pie. What's going on, Phil? What's going on? I've got Christmas jumper on. I was just showing off. It looks a bit like that little bleach shirt we've got. Hey, isn't that really? Isn't it? What's this? Wales with the lid. Maybe they could just bring out that Wales with the lid shirt. Whitefield wear a kit a little bit like this from one. Yeah, one one of the uh, before pay per view had been invented, so we didn't have to pay to sit at home and watch it. But you know, probably worth thousands of pounds now. Well, it would be. Phil, the, 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 as soon as I don't turn up, the studio's full of people. What's going on? Uh, it's our Christmas party. Where, where's my invite? What happened? Uh, well, you were so busy putting our name forward for a podcast nomination that um, we're all here waiting for you. Oh. Watching the party has started without you. <laughs> James Child hidden by um, a mince pie. Would say improved by by I feel very um, overwhelmed because I am the uh, like I write at the TV column in the the magazine, but I'm like not even the best TV review in the magazine, Martin. So Martin oh. Kellner's here from Forty Twenty Magazine and everything else. You are. I, I sort of review my barber rather than reviewing the TV <laughs> or uh, review something I've seen on Twitter. Uh, I leave. Very rarely review the TV because I know you do it, and I thank you for the mention. I appreciate it. You do it on the, on the radio. You did it in the papers for years. I, I feel like I need some tips from you, but we'll we'll probably come to that later if we get the time. Uh, and, and Peg Alexander, how did you end up here? Um, yeah, very good question. <laughs> She's come to talk to Phil about a book, um, and just happened to pick today, or I picked today. So, um, yeah, so she wanted to be introduced to Phil. We brought her in for her rugby league knowledge, which is on a par with the rest of the Which is, I only have one rugby league story and we'll save it. So the, the nearest I get is that I grew up in Hedgingwood. Does that count? I think so. I mean, this is not a. This is not a. This is not going to be a rugby league show, is it, Phil? There's nothing to talk about in rugby league. We can, I mean, we could talk about the world rankings, but they're a bit boring, aren't they? I think the only thing to talk about is Jack Wells being re-signing for St Helens, which is great for the game over here. Uh, typically, the Aussies are saying that he's got a lack of ambition not to play in their competition, but, uh, you know, captain of England in two of the three tests, 22 years old, won just about everything. To, to recommit to playing over here is fantastic. Almost as important as the news that St Helens have decided to renew their dual registration agreement with Swinton. Okay. Yes. Oh, so you never know, Jack Wellsby could be turning out for Swinton. What I want to know if he is Mark Wellsby's son, and I've put this on Twitter before now, um, because, you know, it's like Mark Wellsby played for Swinton for a while, I think he played for Wigan for a bit. Um, and I can't, you know, you think somebody on Twitter, somewhere, with all my followers, will <laughs> come and, and tell me, is he Mark Wellsby's son? Well, everybody has a quiz at Christmas. Ours is. Yeah. Who is the father of Jack Wellsby? Yeah. And does he know? <laughs> <laughs> that was often labelled, asked at me, you know, do, do you have a father? <laughs> In a different sense. <laughs> so how are we all preparing for Christmas? That's far more important than... Uh, Obviously, this is part of the podcast, so it's just... Uh, this, is how this is how we're wrong. Right. Um, well, I'm preparing for Christmas by having all my children... I was only four of them, but you know, it's still a fair number and various partners at our house. So, my wife, the various is, partners of your children, as opposed to your various partners, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> various partners of my uh, children, um, at the house. So, uh, and so basically, my wife is preparing the fatted calf for everybody, um, vegan, vegetarian, really, and she. It's going to make a rice pie for the vegan in the family. Rice pie—that's that's too much, really. It's, you know, but I mean, there you go. Well, that's pie and tinsel. Uh, you, you've got um, a huge dining table. Um, well, we've got an extender. You know, like the classic—you know—thing that's arriving tonight. That's going to be fun. Speaking with mum and dad, they bring that round to that extending the table to get into the dough. 
Uh, so I've got my parents are Stephen's parents, uh, my brother and Alice and that. So it'd be a nice, nice Christmas day. And you won't have to worry about officiating and Boxing no. Day or early in the Boxing Day, yeah, Boxing Day was always a sort of a, an option for full-time referees. If you wanted to officiate on Boxing Day, you could. And those who really wanted the cash in hand, they'll stick their hand up. <laughs> so Ben Thaler always likes a, a game on Boxing Day. Hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> referees, yeah. uh, so whoever runs out on Boxing Day, you know that you know that they're going, A, they don't want to be in the house with all the rest of the family, and B, they want the cash in their pocket. Yeah, that works well. I mean, it often works like that in radio. I bet you've worked Ooh. every Christmas day. Oh, yeah, loads and loads. Yeah. And at the BBC, we used to get, like, double pay. But at talk sport, you get the same scabby fee <laughs> that you get, you know, you get the rest of the year. Is that the same fee that we get for doing this podcast? You've got <laughs> But yeah, so the, uh, at talk sport, I, I didn't put my hand up to do Christmas Day this year. Um, they'll probably get Simon Jordan in to do it at double his already extensive thing. I was going to say, rather scurrious, the best of Simon Jordan, but what they'll do after 10 minutes. Yeah, well, you could say that. I couldn't He'll possibly see. comment He'll on see. that. Yeah. I, I couldn't say that when he works for the other company I work for, Phil, so you don't get me in trouble. Not away with it. But have you got a million people around in your hands? No, I'm going away, actually. I'm going to my brothers. You know what? I'm, this is typical of me. I do quite a lot of these kind of panel things and contributor things. And it's amazing the stories that you drench up from somewhere in the brain. So I'm going to my brother's house. And here is a very vague rugby league, uh, rugby league connection because I think he did the music for one of the Rugby League World Cups many years ago. I'm vaguely thinking that. We'll have to check it out which one it is. So I'm going, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to his house with his family and it'll be lovely. What was the tune? I mean, do you remember? Do you know what? I can't remember. I think Carol Decker sang it. Is oh. this ringing the bell with everybody? Yeah. Right. Oh, right. 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 yeah. Or is it yeah. a complete thing no. with my imagination? Oh, that sounds very rubbly. Yeah, it's a quiz, isn't it? That's just two questions. Yeah, neither of which we know the answer. No, it's actually true. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, as they say. You mentioned television. I'm going to throw something in here, probably for Martin to kick it off with. That's fine. Spotted? Is it still relevant? I mean, we had all the Twitter. No, I mean, Twitter rugby game. We only got 15 seconds. I don't know how much they think. Well, they never did used to get. Much to be. I mean, Derek Belmont had his leopard suit on. What more do you want? Yeah, what more? No, I, I think Spotty is too much like Strip and Condensing. I mean, it's all about the glitz now. It's a sort of standard BBC end of year. I mean, they do it very well in terms of the of the glitz, but very little to. I don't think any sports fans. I mean, if you if you were a true sports fan, um, Chelsea versus Newcastle was on. Uh, either TN, I think TNT because it was kind of our cup. So that was on there. You really wouldn't, I didn't stick with, uh, I, I watched the start, I watched Spotty mainly for satirical purposes, I'm sure you do, Richard. <laughs> uh, and then, so I watched a bit of that, then switched over and watched the uh, Chelsea match, um, which was quite exciting because, they, you know, they equalised later on. Here in Trippier, we seem to not going to have it now, you know, made, can we talk about football? We can talk about football, can't we? We can talk about whatever you want. Who's making a habit of uh, of making disastrous mistakes towards the latter end of matches? Um, so then I turned back not to see who won it because she was one to ten to win it. Mary Earps, Mary um, Queen of Stops, Mary Queen of Stops, if you like. I don't see that. It's uh, I always think um, you know I don't want to get all Joey Barton about it, but. Um, you know, she was on the losing team. And not just a losing team, you know, we lost fairly handsomely to Spain. They beat the hell out of us, really, in that sense. Uh, yeah, but that, she's fantastic, though. She's fantastic, fantastic as a person. Yeah, she's a personality, I'll give yeah, her that. Yeah, But so is Ronnie O'Sullivan. And Ronnie O'Sullivan is a champion. And he wasn't even... Why should the BBC decide that we're not allowed... We're not allowed to vote for... Um, what are you saying? Sports snooker is not a sport. It's a game, isn't it? Controversial. Well, uh, yeah, because it's controversial. Very like, controversial. You know, a lot of people say women's football isn't a sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way for the nation to tackle obesity amongst young girls, encourage them to play football. Um, and God bless them for it. 
Um, but I, I mean, I quite enjoy it. It's not, it's different than men's football. It's a less physical, less fast game. Uh, and and are people yeah. more skillful? It's, it's not as much it's quite, into the crowd. It's no. quite enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch, but it's not. Uh, I wouldn't have said that the goalkeeper. I mean, she's goalkeeper as well. They're not. There is a famous quote. I can't what when somebody. I can't wish which goalie it was, but you know the, the tradition now is for goalies to play the ball out. Mm -hmm. The sort of first, you know, the goalie starts the attack basically. And there was some goalie. Hey, Michael started the corner. Yeah, it was really. So some goalie was trying to start the attack, and somebody else on the, and lost the ball, and and uh, you know a goal was scored, and somebody said uh, he's a goalkeeper. He shouldn't be playing football. They're not footballers. They're goalkeepers. Um, they like referee. You have to have a certain um, psychological profile to want to be a goalkeeper. I think. Louis McCarthy started looking. He's come on in his books, I mean, mm -hmm. which is his life story, which I think is, is really interesting. He was a goalkeeper until he was mm -hmm. about 15. And as he said, I love being a goalkeeper because I was tapped. Bit like that. Oh, yeah, you've got to have something wrong with you to be a referee. <laughs> you know, that. Some have more wrong than others, but, <laughs> but you've got to have a, a, a screw set of somewhere. Are you a sports personality fan? Did you sit there? No, I've not watched it. No, I've not watched it for years. Uh, and it's just the same old thing, isn't it? On. No, 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 no,
you know, I thought he added value. Um, I think one of the things that he probably won't be remembered for was the was the something ometer that they, they margin they, meter, the margin oh, meter, margin meter. Margin that, meter. So yeah, it yeah, lasted yeah. a matter of weeks and it got absolutely panned on social media. Yeah, um, but I, I, you know, he was. I thought he was pretty good to be fair. I think he was a good good pundit, and I think the uh, the margin meter is another margin meter. It's one of those gimmicks they bring in from yeah. time to time. Like in cricket now, you get they they tell you there's a little graphic. That tells you um, what the likelihood is of um, of the team that's batting reaching the uh, you know reaching the required total. And at ITV, Richard, you'll remember this. Uh, used to have the tactics truck with uh, with Andy Townsend. Townsend in the tactics, which was absolute nonsense. <laughs> that was, but these games don't last very long. Depends on your favourite presenters of sport. Of sports. I know you're a consumer of sport. Wrong yeah. shape ball. But... Wrong shape ball, but not so much on on telly, really. More radio, really. So I'm just kind of, I mean, the question of sport, you know, instantly I would turn over because... The... Well, what's the only time you ever watched? No, but to be honest, middle-aged men say making the same jokes over and over again. Oh, we're not picked up. It's you know, not, not really up my street. I'll, like I'll be well. I'm questioning the sport. It wasn't really bounce, was it? It was oh, just. Oh, were they trying to be in the league of their own? Uh, yeah, you see now that's quite involved. When all of that sort of stuff came out, and when you know, and when I know it's old heart, but when Skinner and Badil started off doing stuff, I was actually on the committee of the Football Supporters Association many years ago. Since Kevin Miles. Oh, yeah, I mean, in fact, I, I gave Kevin's job. I was on the interview. Really? I got an interview, Kevin. That's your radio show. Yeah, well, Kevin Miles, who once did a bit of 606 and was fantastic. He got the best audience reactions, but he wasn't amazing, so he never got, you know. I mean, Kevin Miles, fantastic, fantastic well, player. Hey, as a Leeds United fan, Oh, you must have, yeah, you must have uh, listened to Radio Leeds' coverage, yeah. which over the years, it's been unbelievable, though. We had Peter Drury, we had John Champion, we had um, the Welsh guy, what's he called? In Law. In Law. Oh, yeah. Um, so, three of them. Um, what's called the first He's the main football correspondent on Radio 5 at the moment. Uh, he was at Radio Newcastle. Oh, yeah. John Murray, no, John Murray, no, correct. Everyone as well. He was at Radio Leeds for a bit as well. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, Radio Leeds, almost supreme. Fantastic. Radio Champions and Brim Law. Just three of them. Brim Law from Double Upton. Yeah, I don't remember Double Upton. Before I moved to Leeds. The commentator before the one that we've got now, it was was nationally the biggest. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not Brim Law. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yes, I know the guy. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, Radio Leeds has contributed loads of yeah. And also, if you look at Radio Yorkshire, Richard. Oh, um, a fine station, a fine station. Fine station, Radio Yorkshire. Uh, Mark Wilson is now doing loads of stuff for uh, Talk Sport, where he does mostly rugby league. He's doing the darts. He's uh, doing the darts this week and does football as well. He's he darts as well. You dissed snooker, but no darts and snooker groups. Games, games. No other sports. <laughs> I did go and see the darts actually. I have a friend. Probably is a game. No, so Scrabble's I, a game. I have, um, I have a, well, a very, very close friend who has motor neurone disease, and um, when he first got diagnosed, we didn't think he was going to make it. Then about Christmas, and in fact, they had to pull him back a few times. He went downhill so quickly. So after he did make it. Um, and that was um, that was about six years ago, and he's still going strong. We were out just last week, um, and he, he decided we can do loads of bucket. I have to say, he's a Villa fan, so at the moment you can imagine how excited yeah. he is because he's thinking, oh, and he's, he's getting to all the Villa games. Everything. It's quite it's quite a, a feat for him to get to the games, doing that equipment and all that kind of thing. We asked about but not long after he uh, he decided he was going to have it on his bucket list. We're going to go to things we've never been to, went to the darts. At Ellen's Road, right? And I have to say, it was one of the best nights. Oh, it was good. Oh, fantastic Rose. night. I didn't know they did one day. The pavilion. In the pavilion, yeah. And so you know how um, when they all come out to their walk-on songs and they've got the music, and um, and obviously I knew nothing about any of them, but I decided which ones I liked straight away. 
And um, and I'm stood there in the queue, you know, the old world person, I'm stood there in the queue trying to shake their hands and, and getting really, really excited. And, and, and I didn't even know who they were. But what a fantastic atmosphere it was. I'd recommend it for anyone. I went to see it at the, uh, uh, the O2, not the O2, what's it called in these? The first yeah, director. Yeah, I went to see it at the first director arena when it was the darts, Premier League, I think, whatever they call it. Because they have a league, don't they now? Uh, and yeah, great now. Uh, although the the first director arena, my advice is take your old your own soft drinks in with you because it's like about a five and through a coke. Um, trying try to pick it mix. Yeah, it's about a, the year's salary for a bag of pick it mix. Yeah. But I love how how egalitarian the dance was. Do you know what I mean? It felt like the players were really kind of connected with all the people there. And, it, you know, even though they were big stars and they were having this big kind of build-up as they walked out and walked through, it really felt like there was this proper connection. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what the most egalitarian sports, apart from rugby league, which is the most inclusive and all that. But for egalitarianism, horse racing, if you go well, to... Because everyone's posh. No, well, that's, <laughs> that's the whole point. There's not everyone's posh at horse racing. You know, you go, you will find that you, there'll be people who you know are posh because they're not wearing, they're wearing barber jackets yeah, yeah. and green wellies and all that. And they'll be mixing with, with people like me, um, you know, who are not posh at all. Um, and that's, horse racing is a very egalitarian sport because you're at the end of the day, you're all rooting for some four-legged animal on the horse if so you know they're in the race. They have no idea. They, and they know they've got to get somewhere fast, but they're, you know. Do you know what? I went to the betting shop when I was a student, actually. And um, that was, uh, everybody else was a uh, waitress that worked behind bars or whatever. And I went to the betting shop, which was Are you the, talking about the place? No, I thought just behind the tills. But it was, it was fantastic. And actually, had I been able to do, because in those days it wasn't done in fractions, and it wasn't, they had to settle up the uh, things by hand. You know, they had one of those kind of old happy machines and they'd sit and tap. And had I been better at fractions, I might have even applied to go on the kind of management program when I finished college. The John Richard. Um, yeah, so, you know, but um, I was going to say, see, all, apart from that, all my horse racing knowledge comes from Jimmy Cooperbox. But bringing it back <laughs> to sports, <laughs> well, football, well, football, football, exactly, that's what I was going to say. So when the book is out, it's called Shoot. Gold Shoot with um, um, Dale Vince. And Dale Vince, who owns Forest Green Rovers. And they've got this interesting mm -hmm. in football, and he's written a thriller, yeah. which is apparently exactly the same as Riders Only, where it's a horse race. Yeah, that's what she does. And she does it very well. Yeah, she's got a program on a computer where she just says, she has them by hand, don't they? Really? Yeah. Wow. Pen and paper. The boxing day is finishing with great sport. Bantley Juice playing again in this boxing day. You'll be there on the terrace. No, I won't be there. <laughs> no, I think the last time I went, I did a pitch inspection probably about 10 years ago. I didn't, I didn't think I went to the game. Um, but no, I, I won't be there. We've got a family meal on boxing day. But Juice and Bantley didn't draw each other in the, in the cup, did they? So. They won't play each other until uh, later on in the season, so there, there might be a decent crowd there on Boxing Day. Swinton Oldham is the traditional Swinton Oldham. I mean, for a while when I was growing up in the 1960s, we would play Salford on Boxing Day, but by the time we got to the 70s, Salford were way out of our league. So I have a question for you, because right. you just revealed when you used to watch rugby league. Yeah, yeah. There's a load of... Um, I've been a couple of times this season. But when when we first yeah. there's a load of conjecture about how lowering the tackle height will change the essence of the sport in 2025. But you will have witnessed the introduction of the limited tackle rule. Yeah. yeah first true. four tackles and then six. Yeah, yeah. How as a spectator did you feel when it was mentioned to you that the game was going to change from this unlimited yeah. tackle, stick it, jumper and roll around with the mug for as long as you could before you gave it away to a faster version well I, different yeah. were you in I'll, favor of that very much so because don't forget when i was i was a young person so <laughs> obviously uh you know wasn't you know, sticking the mud attitudes that i've got now you know and i'm happily a pensioner so um yeah in those days i i love the idea having said that I really uh, one year we drew nil nil with witness in the uh, in the cup and uh it was great i mean i loved it you know the fact that it, like a thriller. yeah it was nil nil and then in the replay 
we drew five all with witness and then we had to play on a new short ground and we went to Central Park and we won 7-2. So three matches to get about seven three trials. <laughs> So, um, yeah. But change is inevitable in the league, and that was a huge one. Yeah. But it didn't put you off being a fan. Oh, no, far from it. I was, I mean, I was all, I was, a, I loved Swinton so much because, you know, when I first started watching, that was when Swinton won the, won the league or in Division One two years in a row. First, we won Division One, I think it was 62 63, and then we won it against 63 64. And then I think we won the Lancashire Cup in 67, and that's the end of it. Apart from promotions, we're very we were divisional final, divisional final, and that was exciting, you know, in those days. But you know, when you're cheap, well, especially when you move grounds, you know, we got because you move from. You, I mean, I grew up at Station Road, so that's basically as much as my childhood home. Station Road was my childhood home. We moved from there to Bury, and I sort of got into it a wee bit at Bury. Well, quite a lot actually, you know, because we were, we were a decent sort of second division side. And I think we won a promotion. Well, you mentioned those. Um, but then when we, you know, we started moving, I think we played at more lanes south of the little while. Um, sale. sale. Well, now it's at Sale. But now you move to the other, the southern side of the south side of Manchester. It's, it's, not it's, well, it's never going to be the same. I mean, there are, and I have huge admiration for Swinton fans, who are historic Swinton fans, who stuck with them. It's, and, the, you know, they're working quite hard, aren't they? The community. You know more about this than I do. Um, but they do work quite hard yeah. in the sort of community side to try and make it catch fire a bit in sale. In terms of now you've got a chance to look at the proposals for how the game is going to change. Most of it is an argument because it's determined by insurance premiums and contact sport and modern world. Can you understand why people might be saying, oh, I think they're better the sport when actually it never will? Oh, it, that was always going to happen. They, you know, you turn to social media, people will always uh, berate something, won't they? I think, I'm not sure if the delivery of it could have been done better. Um, but I just think it's inevitable. I think it needed probably more voices to support just Gemma Phillips and JJB from delivering that message. I think it needed something more than that. Um, and there will be pain. There will be pain next year because I think it's it's, going, it's coming in at Championship and League One level, is it? No, no? coming in at Reserve, right. Reserve and the Community the again. Yeah. And then 2025 Championship. There will, be, professional. there will be pain in the short term as they were in the trials this year, I'm sure of it. Um, but at least they've given them a, a year of a professional place to, you know, to train and get used to it. And hopefully that will reduce the pain at, at first team level for 2025, because I think it will be difficult for the referees from a referee's perspective, applying the stricter guidelines around the world. And I think they'll have a challenge on their hands, particularly depending on how hard they go with the standard of the play the ball, uh, and attempt to play the ball with the foot rather without then adding on top of that those those measures as well and i, and I think there will be some changes in, in any regard to, you know with, with respect to foul play generally and uh, the relation to tackle line that's that's a big it's a big change but uh, you know i i'm of the view that it was always it, it, it's, it's inevitable and if people look at the detail and understand it then i think we would come to the same conclusion and, and if we do get a faster and more entertaining then there's more off because you, you're hitting a lower tackle mm -hmm. area which a great ball player can get the ball out then it'll be quicker and it'll be more exciting but people I like will be begging to go to him i assume that initially there's going to be more stoppages because the players are taking a while to get used to it uh and therefore certainly if you're trying to Plant down on anything that they play the ball. Uh, that's always a problem, isn't it? Um, and there will be more stoppages next season anyway, because obviously they've changed the six again rule, so they've brought in penalties for not to forty meters. That will result in a, in a stoppage of the game because of the penalty, kick to touch, etc. So that there will be more stoppages for that. There's potentially going to be more stoppages for incorrect play the balls if players are not making the attempt to play it. Um, and yeah, in 2025, if players haven't adjusted to tackle height, then you could see more stoppages as a result of penalties for, mm. for high tackles. Do you think football's going to change irrevocably? Um, because heading is obviously under this category of how often should you do it? Um, is it going to be a, a lost start? 
would you bemoan the philosophy? Oh, no, because I, I do think, you know, we're getting so much evidence through now, aren't we, about the impact of, of heading. And so that, you know, you can't, you can't argue with something that's that's now science has proven that potentially is dangerous for people. So I think you, you can't argue with that. Um, I mean, for me, I just think that the the only thing that was wrong when we changed it was that I can't even remember if it was the, it was the silver ball. I think was it the silver ball, the one where the game stopped. Remember they did it one international court. So you had gold and gold, didn't you? Where I was seeing me. Yeah, so there was gold, and then there was a silver one, which was the minute someone scored, the game stopped, right? And and I just thought you can't introduce rules that fundamentally change the emotional response of the game, which is with football until the final whistle. Oh, goal, goes, goal. Right, until the final whistle goes you've always got those sorts. I mean, you know, as I said, one probably said something about the past that, but that was a great change, wasn't it? That was a very good change. Very yeah. good change. You can imagine it changing. And that's the United at the time. Because remember, John, you can You can imagine that changing at junior level, uh, and then even like, perhaps in training, which is some of the things they're looking at from the blue training yeah. Is it just in you know the rules? I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody at work around there. Young boy that plays uh, a community game and, and plays at a certain age group that will be unaffected by the switch to tag, but there will be children that will have probably done tackling that will have to go back and do tag before they come back to tackling the game, which is a improve that skill. Well, and I said that to them. I, I, I said my, my view on, on our community game is that we focus too much on on the typical 13 aside tag style game. And again, as a, as, as a country, we don't give enough tag, we don't do enough touch. When you look at rugby league down under, I mean, Dutch is massive in Australia. It's on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, and the speed and the skill that you see, I mean, players like Jai Field and Bedra Friends, Benji Mark, they, they've come from that sort of background, light-footed, quick-step, offload game, all that sort of stuff. It's, it really is a skill. Uh, I, I would like to think... It will be that, so that will be the tag system yeah. as opposed to the... A touch, but you don't tag around your ankle, but you've been like, although there are one or two rugby league players, who have but, that but when you see the good, good touch players playing on TV, they, they almost initiate the touch themselves to get a very quick play of the ball to recycle, and, it, and it's so fast. But I, you know, it's all about the ball handling skills, and that, for me, I think some of those skills are lost by the focus being on how we're going to win the game and how we're going to make this tackle and all the rest of it. So, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the government have the basic skill, which I think I think it could help. Question spot was rubbish. It was always rubbish. I'm I'm con convinced of that. So much so that when I looked in the question of sport quiz book, I could only find a couple of questions on rugby league. So instead, we got the Dickie Davis World of Sport quiz book because, of course, he died this year. So uh, it's in tribute to Dickie that we've got this book, and it has rugby league in there. Um, and and I've got a short quiz for you. Um, would you like to play either where do they play, which none of these teams probably play where they did or, or do, or nicknames of clubs? Well, I'll say where do they play? Because I don't know they... the if you say the Boulevard, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a history uh, quiz as well. It's, it's from 1982. So, uh, you've so, heard of the Beatles, James. You know, they were before you were born. You know, so cool. Uh, number one, Castleford. Weldon Rose. Is the correct answer. Number two, Featherstone Rovers. Three, St. Helens. Nosley Rose. Four, Batley. Mount Pleasant. Five, Doncaster. Oh, nah, they're 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 playing a two round, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. 1982, Doncaster. Tatters Tatters I was going to say Tattersfield, because I went to Tattersfield, and that would have been in the early 90s. Where did they lose to from Tattersfield? Well, they played at the football ground after that, so that would have been, what road would that have been? Something, where was it? Bellevue. Doncaster. Oh. Yeah. 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 Tattersfield, what a fantastic name that is. Yeah, it was Tattersfield. It was. Yeah. 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 Sheffield now. There is a dog track in Doncaster, but I don't know where it is compared to where Tattersfield was. Um, Halifax. Brumhall. Yeah. Of course, yeah. 
Now, he was mentioned earlier. In... I, I think the most famous resident of this place was mentioned earlier in the podcast, but uh, and I always get the pronunciation wrong. Heighton, Heighton, Heighton. Heighton. Um, no, I've forgotten. Warrington. Wilderspool. CBRES, I don't know, Graham. Really? Yeah, they had the old ground. It's been demolished by them. The snooker club's still there. Is it gone? Is it gone now? Oh. Witness. Norton Park. Wigan. Central Park. Now we're Tesco. Let's do the nicknames, because these are these are very much things of their time, some of these. Um why we'll, we'll 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 see what we've got. Let's go. Number one, vill the villagers. Well, Bramley. Yeah. 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 Number two, the early birds. Oh, yeah, obviously. Black and white is a rubbish nickname, isn't it? It's just generic. Just uh, three, the gallant yeah. youths. Oh, but I can't be early birds. Well, the gallant youths. I'm going to say that before I even start. Mm -hmm. the boys, mm -hmm. boys, we've mentioned their ground. Was it Batley? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if people still say that. That's really old, isn't it? That's what they were asking. Manchester City's nickname is the citizens, but whoever calls Manchester City the citizens. What's it now? The Lunars. Boo. That's harsh. Ruffyheads. Ruffyheads. Yeah. Lions. Hey, Swinton. Both the Lions. The uh, the glass blowers. Uh, that would be St. Helens. Castleford. Is it Castleford? Yeah, no, it was Castleford. So why that? What's the explanation of that? It was renowned for its glass. What was it? Castleford, yeah. The dreadnoughts. Really? In deference to your good self. I mean, they should... Long believed. Is that way? What's that? Why are they called dreadnoughts? After the the HMS dreadnought. Ah, right. Long, so, long is my belief that Danny Cool should be replaced by a bloke dressed as a big ship wandering around the pitch. But we're going <laughs> to the new owner. See who can get that sorted. Um, Robins. Oh, Robins. Okay. Still are yeah. And the wires. Robinson. I mean, in fairness, you know, mentioning darts on the spot, it is in here. Um, and this is a this is a wonderful um, selection of sports that probably were on ITV at one point. Fencing, greyhound racing. Of course, there's plenty of horse racing in there. Ice hockey, ice skating, motor racing, uh, shooting, uh, water polo. I don't know how many times that was on World of Sport. Ten pin bowling, trampolining, yachting. You know, you don't get that on uh, Question of Sport, do you? With Cliffdiving was the famous one from World of Sport. One o'clock on World of Sport, where you got the third, you know, before the racing started and whatever, you've got everything. They had that thing where they drove they had a lot of trunk based sports from America. Basically, anything that had been on the wide world of sports in America was, uh, you know, was played on uh, World of Sport. And of course, the wrestling. And the wrestling at four o'clock. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any wrestling questions in there, which is quite surprising. But I guess, you know, sport. This is like playing triple prestige with your family. You have to play triple prestige with caravan back in the entertainment questions were no longer entertainment, they were history. Have we got anything to promote before we end this Christmas extravaganza? Uh, there's a new magazine. Well, I say new, it's been out nearly a week, but new magazine out. Perfect to sit by the fireside with your eggnog. Yep. I should ask Martin, what, what, what should I watch over Christmas? Now I've got no idea what to write about in the column next month. It's a problem now. It used to be great. I was at every Christmas when I was doing it for The Guardian. I used to write about Cliff Richard's Christmas tennis tournament because of Sky. I, I, it's actually just fun to go to Sky Sports on Christmas Day. At least it used to be. I don't know whether it's say it the same now. The yeah, uh, obviously, with more American sports, they actually play on Christmas Day. Um, but you always find something bizarre on Sky. Who is watching Sky Sports 3 on Christmas Day or whatever it's called? You know, um, TNT, there'll be uh, or racing, there's no racing on Christmas Day, 
So you'll probably find some bizarre race meeting from South Africa or something on the, the Sky Sports Racing Channel. So uh, yeah, that's all. That's all you'll find plenty of right about Richard. That's disappointing. <laughs> Phil, Phil, are, are they are there copies of Martin's book available? <laughs> there are there are well, two. As we always say, it's uh, now available in no good bookshops, <laughs> apart from this one that we're sitting in now. That's the only place we have more than one. Yeah. As I was saying, Peg, I went into Waterstones in Wakefield and said, I'm a local author. Why don't you stop a few copies of my book? I said, I'll come and sign them or something. You, you know, they'll sell a few copies, I reckon, not many, but they'll sell a few. Um, and the guy, they said, oh, well, it was uh, some 12 year old who was looking after it. He was allegedly the manager of the shop. And uh, he said, we'll get in touch with our regional people because they they decide. So I sent an email to the email address that he sent me. Uh, and I said, look, I live in Wakefield. I can wander down to your shop, sign a few copies. Um, a few people know me in Wakefield. Okay, I, get, I get stopped in, uh, in a coffee house in Wakefield or whatever. And uh, he said, oh, Martin, come on, a big fan. He said, oh, I'm a huge fan. I used to read you in The Guardian every week. Always listen to you on Fighting Talk, you on et cetera, et cetera. And I said, great. He said, but they won't stop. They won't stop, <laughs> they won't stop your book because you're not famous enough. It's not about cookery. Well, there's no murders in it. Um, the next book's going to be about cooking and murder. Cooking and murder. That's exactly it. Just on the, on the book. Yes, I couldn't vote. No, I mentioned this to Richard. Oh, you fixed it. They fixed it. They fixed it. They fixed it. You can vote now. They fixed it. Ah, uh, oh, right. Some assumed names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting through. Got my friend. I'm getting Have you got anything you'd like to promote on on this uh, exciting podcast? Um, well, I, I mean, I've, I've got another podcast, which um, there's no podcast out there. I mean, I, until Jay Comfrey invented them, I don't know what people did. But unfortunately, we're not award nominated at all, at all. But it's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. But I do a podcast with actually, it all came out of Martin's radio show when you were on Radio Bates FM. I can't, what was the actual thing? Uh, Yorkshire Radio. Yorkshire Radio, okay. Radio Yorkshire. What was it? York, was it's it Radio York? Yorkshire. There was a big legal case, and, and it, it, you have to call it Radio Yorkshire, otherwise, Ken Bates gets sued. Yeah, no, right, yeah, it was Radio Yorkshire, okay, or Bates FM, which is what we said. And so I came down on your show, you and, did, did you? and uh, I met your good friend Phil Turner in oh, the in the radio studio. And then Bill sent me a message after saying, Do you fancy doing a podcast? And literally, the first episode we did was only the third time we'd ever met. And me and Phil have now done quite a lot of episodes of this podcast, and it is very imaginatively called Peg and Phil. You spin me right round, and we talk. Um, we talk quite a bit of nonsense stories, this and that about. We say it's an eighties music podcast and the sort of alternative eighties music podcast, but actually we cover loads of different uh, decades. Really, with loads of stories of the bands, stories of what was going on, stories of people we've met, this and that about the songs. Yeah. So uh, our, our last episode, um, I think you know, we covered everything from uh, Orange Juice and Edward Collins through to the Proclaimers to, uh, um, what's she called? Uh, Michelle Collins, who was Cindy and EastEnders sleeping in my bed. Not when I was in it, but I'd tell the story about that, which was linked to Mary Wilson. And um, loads of other, other things in between. So there you go. Uh, have a, you know, have a listen to that if you uh, want to waste more for that. Have you ever had someone famous sleep in your bed, but not when you're there? Is a sounds like a great radio topic, but um, <laughs> I don't know how much you should know. Oh, the whole podcast is slept in your bed. You said to my bed, but not when I was there. Yeah. Um, people, thank you um, for your time this uh, Thursday. Carol Morgan was slept in his bed when he wasn't there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and yeah. she, you can't escape from her now. She's everywhere. Well, yeah. She's more famous than Michelle Collins, probably now. Very famous. Very famous. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's... strictly accurate. Just you know, for legal reasons, she's got on my face, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to in. Well, I <laughs> and that clip of her uh, share on starting their eyes, you know, that that was. I don't want to go there. Um, in the van. 
tag on the podcast now that'd be great i mean that'll get us more more listeners because they'll think there's lots of swearing and stuff so the only other thing i would say is that um when when it gets to the new year i'll i'll i had this fantastic but this is my one rugby league story okay so I'm oh yes sorry i forgot yes yes it's the only one i've we're got we're gonna end on a high so um yeah, so I was um I was asked to go and be um roving reporter, which is what I've done mainly for BBC Radio News at the Rob Burrow Marathon earlier this year. And um I was there from six in the morning and you know, right from the start it was really emotional. I was into Andrew Everett's show, you know, Andrew, a fantastic presenter. Um and and I I kind of pretty much cried a little bit through most of my lives that I've done all morning. And the longer we went on, the more emotional it got. So when it gets got to the end and it was about, I don't know, three o'clock or whatever time it was when um, Rob and uh, Kevin Sinfield were coming back into the stadium. You can imagine, quite tired, emotional, being there all day. I was the only live broadcaster, broadcasting live. It's just on a little iPhone. Um, I had to try and push the two people because I'm only small and there were lots of people stood in front of me. And I managed to be talking live on the radio, the only person at the moment at which they crossed the finishing line when Kevin Sinfield picked up Rob 
and carried him over the line, which was one of the moments of 2023, wasn't it? If, if, mm. if the moment of 2023. Um, and of course, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I, I burst into tears on the air again because I just thought it was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever, ever seen. So for me, when it gets to, you know, again, it gets to the end of the year and everybody shares their, you know, what's been the highlight of the year. I mean, I think that was the moment of the year anyway. And, and it certainly made me incredibly proud that I was the only live broadcaster there. And uh, any excuse to burst into tears on air? That's a total lack of professionalism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be a professional. Yes. <laughs> On, on an offshoot, CBEs, what a load of nonsense. Give them nightlands or don't bother. Absolutely, I think that's what the rumour is, CBEs. They are terrible. Absolutely. If you've got an MBE or an OBE, what's, what's, what's the difference? You know, I did once, so this is another stuff, but I once went to, um, I went to Buckingham Palace and my dad and he got a CBE. And um, I was about 14 and uh, I had a Mohican and my mum made me uh, buy a hat to wear because she was so embarrassed that I was going to go with this Mahinko. So I went off and I bought this, uh, she made me buy a, a proper outfit to go. So I went and bought this kind of very, quite nice grey outfit. And I bought this little grey beret and I said, it's all right, Mum, I've got a hat to wear. Um, and of course, what I did was I managed to back home all this orange fringe. So I've got this little grey beret on in the pictures and this big, massive orange fringe stuck out the front of it in front of Buckingham Palace for a headphones yeah, well, those of us of a certain generation didn't have a CBU, but we had a CBN. Yeah, yeah. More use than CBE to be found. On uh, that political note, then, um, <laughs> I, I, I think we've, I think, I think, we've, I think we're done, Phil, for the year. Um, and James is yes. now on board, which is exciting. That's why we've got nominated for awards now. So, looking forward to Boxing Day, though, when Lisa take on Wakefield, will you be there watching your boys? No, can you get us a program? Because I don't want to pay a fiver on eBay. Consider <laughs> it. Thank you. It's all the important things. Um, Phil, thank you for the year. James, thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Worthy addition to the team. Martin, thank you for for coming in. Peg, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. That's okay. And, and you know, fingers crossed. Uh, Phil, Phil sorts a book out for you. And uh, who's going to eat that mince pie? That's the question. Oh, we got one each. Don't worry. Oh, that's all right. I don't like them, so it's so fine. Uh, sod you. Sports Social Podcast Network.